Welcome to Fairway Mr. Nice Guy, and I am your host, MNG, and welcome to another episode. What are we going to talk about today? Man, if I just roll through this Rolodex, you probably don't understand what that is or what that means. If I roll through this Rolodex of topics, one topic stands out and comes to mind. And I know everybody is going to dread what this topic is, but we're going to talk about co-parenting and the communication because communication is a art and if you don't know that communication is an art I can tell you once I'm done you're gonna realize how much effort time and patience is put into communicating now let me tell you the purpose of communicating as a co-parent And there are groups of people or couples that do it well. I knew a young lady where her and her future husband, fiance, whatever you want to call him, and his kid's mother were actually like on good terms. They actually went to the club together. Now, that was beknownst to me. Like, I didn't know that stuff like that happens. Who goes to the club? And have outings with the other parent. And I, I guess it's becoming like more relevant as time goes on. But man, that is a level of comfort I don't even know I can get with. That's like talking to my son's mother. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to go get our nails done. And we're about to go shopping. And I'll be sitting there like, well, I need to book this conversation. I need to know what the hell they talk about. Like they talk about me. What they talk about? I will be curious. I'll be the most curious. I just want to kind of divulge the importance of co-parenting communication, whether you are the father that has the kids or the mother that has the kids. It's important that you have a great level of communication without any derogatory statements, without any witty banter, And I know it's kind of difficult, it's impossible because these are two individuals that had sex with each other. These are two individuals that at some point in time possibly loved or liked each other or it could have been a one night stand. I'm not excluding that at all. Or it could have just been, you know, a sperm donor depends on what your sexual orientation is at that point in time. But if you think about the big picture is that the communication is not necessarily for you two is basically for the kid. And it shows that you and the kid, well, it shows that both the parents, not the kid, both the parents can have a decent conversation without their their kind of understanding of communication. So you want to kind of be aware of how you have or how do you communicate with your, with the other counterpart. Now, for me, I have horrible communication. And I know y'all like, hold on, wait. You just said, I know, I know. But I am gonna be the example for what not to do. But then I have some strategies on for, for those that are in certain situations and you know, you're trying to have that communication, you're trying to be open and you wanna keep those avenues of communication open, but 
unique, some kind of some ideas or some new ways to kind of have that kind of communication. So it can be clear, concise, and there's no misinterpretation when you're talking to the other party because co-parenting is actually hard. It's probably one of the hardest relationships. I think it's harder than a marriage. And the reason why I say that is because when you co-parent, there's not just two parties involved. Unfortunately, there are four parties involved. In most cases, it's probably more than that, depending on if it's poly going on or not. But the reason why I say it's four parties going on, that well, four parties involved, is because it's both the parents. And there's a situation as if the parents are involved with other people. So that means that those extra people that are there, or they're bonus people, bonus mother, bonus dad, however you want to look at it, those individuals have influence on that child as well. Regardless of the interaction, they still have influence on that child because kids absorb and they watch. They pay attention and they listen. They listen well. Sometimes they listen from the top of the stairs. So you definitely have to be aware of that or through the crack in the door. I've caught that a few times myself. So co-parenting is definitely difficult. And I'll share some of my experiences when it came to co-parenting. Some of the methods I use of communication is text message. Now, my son's mother do not have my cell phone number. She has my Google Voice number. And she knows my Google Voice number. She doesn't question it, but she knows that it's a Google Voice number. The reason why I have her on the second line because at any point in time, I get tired of talking to this person. I can just completely cut Google Voice off. I don't have to change my number. I don't have to do anything. When my son turned 18, I can tell you right now, Google Voice is getting turned off. There's going to be no kind of communication. She's going to be excommunicado, okay, from John Wick. Just excommunicado. We not even going. There's no need for us to communicate whatsoever. There's not a purpose. There's not a day. There's not an event. Not a damn holiday. But we need to communicate ever. Not even on your deathbed. I know that sounds harsh, but I'm just being honest. There's no reason. But I have her on my Google Voice number, and I primarily keep her to text and text only. And the reason why I keep her to text is because it allows me to be able to think my next move. I always treat this game between me and her like chess. In chess, you can either rush into your next move and end up losing a piece, or you could think strategically and make the best, smartest move so you can win. Now, there is no situation where we're trying to win or best each other. But I need to be, or I always had to be, five steps ahead of her because I never knew what was going to happen, how it was going to happen, and how my response was going to impact that because I didn't want to go back and be in the courthouse. So I would kind of regulate her to text message so I can kind of gauge and move the conversation in a direction that I would want it to go in. So there are times where, no, I don't have to reply. There's times where I do reply. I have that flexibility because I'm busy. So if it's important, I'll reply. If it's not important, 
I'm not going to reply. And this is kind of have been a dynamic of our relationship. We don't really talk in person. So she come pick my son up. I don't have those conversations with her in person at all, unless she comes to me or she calls for me and say, hey, I need to talk to you. Then we'll have that conversation in purpose. And I kind of am prepared for that conversation. I'm like, kind of like, well, MNG, how are you prepared for a conversation that you didn't know was going to happen? Well, here's the thing. Me and my son have active conversations. And he'll pretty much give me an ideal background on what the conversation is going to be. And I just kind of prepare myself for whenever I just kind of get called out um, to her vehicle and say, well, I want to talk to you and everything. Now, one situation that we had now, back to the co-parenting with the different parties. Oh, well, let me well, let me talk about this first. So I don't do phone calls. I don't do phone calls because at one point in time, she tried to record me on phone. And regardless of how she was going to use it, she wanted to record me on the phone. So I was like, mm, nah, I can't let you record me on the phone because I don't want you to bait me into a situation that I can't think myself out of. Well, I could think myself out of, but it'll take a little bit more work because what has occurred has occurred. So if I end up cussing her out on the phone or saying something or threatening her on the phone and she go fight up with the courthouse, then I gotta, then I have to explain and figure out how I'm going to get out of that situation. That's not a situation that I want to be in. Taking phone calls from this individual, my best suggestion is, you know, give yourself time to respond. And if you can't respond to the question right then and there, just say, hey, I'll get back to you on that question. Don't respond in the moment if you don't have a strategy or a situation or you can't see the big or you can't see the big picture. That's one of the best advice I can give you because people can catch you up in person or on the phone. And if you're not prepared, you could end up seeing something that can potentially harm you later on, especially if you have the course involved. So you want to be really mindful of your approach when it comes to co-parenting and conversations. I don't really care for emails. Emails are a little slow for me. Because you got to wait for the response. And you can't tell whether, especially if you have like iPhones or you have Android phones, you can see each other texting. You know, with an email, you're kind of just waiting for the pitter pattern to to go back and forth. So if you're playing ping pong, it's kind of going back like real slow. So I prefer text message. And I also prefer an alternative app outside of my main app when it comes to phone calls. Because if I don't want to be bothered with I can easily get rid of Google Voice. Or I can easily just quiet Google Voice down and I don't have to hear them whatsoever. I don't really want all of that coming through my main phone line. Like my main phone line is for important people. That person's not important. So why would you have them on your main line? Matter of fact, I wouldn't even put them on a separate cell phone because they have apps out here. You can just put them on that separate app. You can put them on Telegraph if you want to. Oh, not Telegraph, Telegram. You can put them on Telegram. You can do all of that stuff. You can have all these secondary apps. It's just unnecessary to have a whole other phone for another individual. You can just have them on the app. That's kind of how I do it. I don't really like talking in person because when we talk in person, you know, animosity starts to kind of build up, and it shouldn't. And it shouldn't have to around this time. But you know, we get into like little from like little banter. Sometimes it's, it's friendly, other times it's not. Sometimes it's irritating because like I want to have a serious conversation with you, but then you feel like I can I talk condescendingly. To you 
I don't even know that's a word condescendingly but I say I talk down to you or how the case is and you know it makes you feel a certain kind of way which is understand feelings are valid but at the same time if I'm trying to have a conversation with you but you feel like I'm talking down to you you know you can easily say that in person versus waiting and then say it over text about how you feel and you know that's why I don't talk to you in person or whatever so if that's how that person feels what can be less interpreted as aggression what could be a less interpreted as me talking down to you which is text message so that's like the lowest form of conversation that i have you can write me a whole message if you want to i'm going to read that message five times before i respond because i want to make sure when i respond i'm shutting the whole conversation down I'm shutting the whole conversation down. Or I may not respond at all. And that's just the whole conversation now because that pisses somebody else even more when you don't respond. Don't sit there and wait for my goddamn response. No, I don't want to respond to you because you're on that bullshit. Bullshit. But I digress. So there was a situation that occurred last year and this is where the struggles of co-parenting come in. My son was going to the movies with a young lady and her auntie. And her auntie was like, hey, you know, I'll go ahead and pay for y'all movie tickets since y'all want to go. And I and I figured this was kind of like his, little, his first little date or whatever. I'm on the phone and, you know, I'm having a conversation or whatever. And I end up getting off the phone and I'm going between my room and the bathroom just kind of getting ready for the next day. So I hear my son on the phone. He's talking to his mom and her boyfriend. Now, I'm not the one that's gonna be upset, you know, talking to the boyfriend or the stepdad or you know whatever title this person wanna get themselves. I don't really care. So they're having a conversation and the next day, you know, we driving to school, cause I didn't hear the conversation. And he basically tells me, he said, yeah, so, you know, I was talking to my stepdad and he basically told me that, you know, a real man would pay for his own ticket. So I had to pause and I had to kind of take the conversation in. And I said, come again? He said, yeah. He said, well, I should go ahead and just pay for my own ticket, you know, because that's what a real man would do. Now, I don't want to give any background on this particular person. I don't even really want to give them that much energy, honestly. I guess I'm giving them some energy now, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like we're all co-parenting here. And we should all be on the same page when it comes to giving advice. At least somewhere in the same ballpark. And the reason why I say somewhere in the same ballpark is because you're telling my son that he's already getting a free ticket and being taken care of. Now, I told him if he wanted some extra money, that'd be cool because he can just go ahead and pay for the food at the concession stand. That's an even trade-off. The auntie paid for their tickets, and then y'all go over to the concession stand, and you go ahead and get her some popcorn, some little candy, some little fruity snacks or whatever like that, and y'all kind of just go from there. But that's not the advice that they were given. You telling him to just pay for his ticket all by himself it's kind of like a slap in the face to the auntie. Like, she saying, hey, I'm going to take my time out my day 
to come and hang with y'all at the movies so she can go. And y'all telling him, nah, he should be able to pay for his own ticket because he's a man. No, that, that's not even right. But then there's another incident. My son wanted to start a gaming channel. Now, he was in like 7th, 8th grade. Now, I fully supported the idea. My only concern was the negative reviews that he may get and whether or not he was going to be prepared for those negative reviews. That was my only concern. So I told him, I said, well, look, if you just go ahead and do the research, then we can go ahead and look at doing the channels. And so, like, what channel do you want to do it on? Twitch? Do you want to do it on YouTube? Like, let's do some research and find out what will be the better fit for you. And then, you know, when you get to high school, we can go ahead and we can put it in place. Now, I have my own YouTube channel doing animation. So that was something that I was doing and I was putting together. His mom, on the other hand, had a conversation with him because I had asked her. I said, look, now have a conversation with him. He wanted to do his own YouTube channel. Have a conversation with him. You know, just kind of, you know, push him, promote him, you know, give some enthusiasm to do it. You know, just kind of encourage him, you know, to do the research and, you know, then we'll go ahead and set it up. And I wanted us to be on the same page with him doing the YouTube channel. And it was more so me trying to bring her in to collaborate, you know, because we don't collaborate much. So I wanted to bring her in and say, come on, collaborate with me. Yes, yes. That didn't work out well. Let me tell you what happened. She did not collaborate with me. She went completely against the grain. And this is something that always happens. So she went completely against the grain and basically told him, that YouTube YouTubers do not make any money is not a career that he should go into or look forward to something to that effect and her boyfriend was on the phone co-signing the same idea and I heard it because my son likes to put his phone on speakerphone so I'm like what do I do do I call and have a conversation with her and say listen I really wanted you to encourage him to do the YouTube channel. I mean, he's only in eighth grade. If it does start making money sometime in high school, okay, cool. But he's in high school. He can't get a job right now. He's about to go on. He's going, literally going into ninth grade. He can't get a job right now. He barely can maintain a hustle. Because I had him out there cutting grass. But let me tell you, he cuts grass better now. But back then, he couldn't cut grass. Boy, he was leaving lines of grass like crazy. I'm like, bro, you don't see that line of glass. He's like, no. I'm like, take boy, I paid good money for them glasses. You telling me you can't see that goddamn line? He was pissing me the fuck off. Know how kids do? They be acting like they can't see shit. But you put a video game in front of them, they can see that shit clear as day. So, I wanted them to encourage him. But they didn't encourage him. They they, They diminished what he was so happily willing to do and he got discouraged and didn't want to do it so I had to build that courage back up in order for him to start his channel and even then he still didn't put the effort that he wanted to put into it or that he could have put into it because he didn't have the necessary support from the absent parent so it was kind of a little difficult trying to get him up and going and get his channel now get this 
I had a conversation with her. I said, well, we had a, we was having a separate conversation. And I didn't bring it up to her, but we was having a separate conversation. Uh, we was talking about him. And this was at the time that we were, you know, kind of on good terms. I was trying to be on good terms with her. So, you know, it, it involved some in-depth conversation about what was going on with her. Not necessarily what was going on with me, because you already know one of my strategies is I don't tell you shit about me. I need to know everything about you, but you ain't about to know shit about me. Because I need the information on you in case I need to use it. But you can't find out shit about me. I'm quiet. I'm mum. I ain't got shit to say. So she basically told me that she had her own YouTube channel that was already making money. Now, one of the things that I did, and this is how the conversation came up, put expression to it, those sort of things. And he actually enjoyed it and liked, and, and generally liked doing it. So it to me, it promoted some level of value for him to be able to do that. And I was excited for it to happen. So at the end of it, when I did a few more episodes and everything, um, and it was publishing them, you know, he was getting better with his reading. But when she had told I had told her about the channel, I said, yeah, you know, I do have him on the channel. And, you know, he plays a character and he's reading and everything. You know, I did it so, you know, it can help with his reading. She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, I know about it. You know, I have my own channel when it's making money. The sheer contradiction that she has a channel that's making money, but he can have a gaming channel that can make money because it don't make money. Now, two things can be true at the same time. Yes, she got a YouTube channel that's making money, but it may not be making a lot of money. Not as much money as she thought it would make. But then at the same time, tell him that, yeah, it's not very profitable. But just because it's not profitable for you doesn't mean it's not profitable for him. But where you went wrong at, you can help guide him to be better. But that's not what we're doing here. You know what we're doing? We're diminishing a child's dream. Like Jenga, just knocked the one piece out and just toppled all the work that I put in there. And it's frustrating. And I'm sure that it happens on both ends. And this is kind of part of the the function of it all. I'm here trying to show him skills for life. I'm here trying to help him build a brand. I'm here trying to get him to be a little bit more aware, self-sufficient. I went to college and graduated so I can show him that, hey, you can do it too. I started my own business so I can say, hey, you can do it too. You can have the same creativity and energy as me. I did all these things. I started my own gaming channel, two gaming channels at that, to help him to be able to give him strategies and give him the perseverance to kind of keep going forward and say, hey, I'm with you. We can do this together. I'm there. I did that. I had those conversations. I put in the work. Not only was I just sitting there talking it, but I was walking it too. But now, now, (laughs) I met with opposition. I met with opposition. I met with a lot of opposition and I don't like it. Because there is so much that this child has to give that I have invested in him to be greater, to be better than me. And that's all we want for our kids is for them to be better than us. 
But at what point in time does that just stop? We no longer want them to be better than us. We want we want them to fail. At, at what point in time do we end? And we say, no, I want you to be better. I want to be better. Let's excel together. At what point in time do we do that and we stop with the bullshit of demoralizing our children because they're doing better than us? There are other cultures where they want their kids to be better and they put them in positions to be better. But then you have cultures that don't do that and that works against the fucking grain every goddamn time. It's disturbing to say the least, but yet at the same time it keeps motherfucking happening. I get so fucking riled up when I think about that shit and I think about all and every moment of all the conversations that has not been beneficial or forward moving to get this boy on track to where he needs to fucking be. And then every time I try to collaborate and bring this person into Addie's fucking conversations, it never goes right. It goes left. Because if we are right, we're going to go with the grain. But we can always go left and go against the grain. I'll leave you with that. I am your host, MNG. Leave me a voice link. Send me an email. I wish y'all another but peace and happiness. Co-parenting. Communication. It is definitely an art. And it's definitely disturbing. See you. Thanks for joining us on this unfiltered journey where farewell is a nice guy. We hope today's conversation brought you fresh insights and a renewed embrace of authenticity. To keep the canon vibes flowing, hit the subscribe button for more thought-provoking episodes and share the podcast with your friends. As we wrap up, keep embracing your true self, navigating life's twists and making connections truly count. Until next time, remember that your journey to authenticity and growth is one to cherish.